0: Friends, welcome to the Sunday Sermon segment of We Need God. Please listen as Father Caroza offers his homily for today, which was recorded live in St. Anne's Parish. One of the elements in this story of Jesus raising Jairus' daughter from the dead that has always struck me is the line that after he said to them, the child is not dead, just asleep, They ridiculed him. Now, we can cut the people a lot of slack because, let's face it, maybe some of them didn't really know who Jesus was. This was early in his ministry, so he hadn't worked too many miracles yet, so maybe they were not aware of what he could do. And also, Jesus is showing up on the scene, and they had been there. They saw that the girl was dead. There was no question about it. And he hadn't even seen her and says, no, she's just asleep. So, obviously, they ridiculed him. That's silly. How could you possibly say that? You haven't even seen her. But when Jesus brought the girl out, I'm sure they were pretty embarrassed by the fact that they had ridiculed him, and probably after that said to themselves, I'll never doubt anything the master says again, because they saw that she was dead, and now she's alive. And when I read that, and we can be very critical of the people then, I also have to ask myself, and it's something we all need to ask ourselves, Do I ever ridicule Jesus? I don't think any of us would do it overtly and deliberately and say, no, of course, you know, that we would openly ridicule Jesus and say, Lord, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, no, I know better than you and you should do things my way. I don't think that would ever cross any of our minds. But we do end up doing that on a regular basis whenever we reject anything the Lord teaches us, especially anything that's taught through the church to us how often there are people who, whatever the issue may be, hear something and say, oh no, that's ridiculous. The church, I don't believe that. The church just has to change that teaching. You know, they've got to get with it. This is after all is the year 2021, you know, nobody believes that anymore. So we've got to change all those teachings that people don't like so that they'll, they'll join us. But Jesus didn't come to be popular and he didn't send us to be popular, to say things that people want to hear. He came to teach the truth the truth that will set us free. And it all goes back to, as we saw in our first reading, that God did not make death, and he doesn't destroy sin the destruction of the world, that he created paradise. But by the envy of the devil, uh, sin came into the world, and he tricked Adam and Eve, and by original sin, all of his power to corrupt the world took place, or, or was able to enter into the world, and now he's been doing it ever since. And what was that original sin? Well, we know, we know it's, yeah, in, this, in the uh, book of Genesis, it tells us, you know, they were told not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is a beautifully poetic way of saying, don't try to decide for yourself what's right and wrong. I am God and you are not. I am infallible, you are fallible. I cannot be wrong, you can. I cannot be deceived, You can. Listen to me and follow everything I tell you, and you will be fine. And this paradise will continue. But Satan lied to them and tricked them, and they believed right away his lie that God was actually deceiving them. And so they decided for themselves to choose what's right and wrong. So they decided well, if I think it's right, then it must be right. And if I feel it's wrong, then it must be wrong. And right away afterwards, when that happened, they didn't realize they knew right from wrong. Of course, they saw their nakedness. They saw their shame. And we've been under the plague of original sin ever since. And that's what Jesus came to do. God himself dwelling in our world to pay back the price for original sin that you and I should have paid. But he said, no, I will pay it. I will die on the cross for you. I won't make you die. I'll do the offering and I'll unite you with me by receiving the Eucharist, giving you my body and blood as food and you receive that faithfully and worthily every Sunday and you will be with me and your sins will be forgiven and your salvation will come about by your faithfully worshiping me, receiving my body and blood and following everything I tell you because the Lord Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He can't be wrong. He can't be mistaken. The Lord Jesus would never have to say, oh gee, I really thought that was the right thing. Of course not. He's God in the flesh. He is perfect, all wisdom, all knowledge, all beauty, all truth, all essence, all existence in one person. He can't possibly be wrong. And he gave us the beautiful gift that when he established the church, his followers, to bring that message to the ends of the earth and preserve it throughout time, he also promised to St. Peter that on this rock I will build my church. The jaws of death will not prevail against it, which means that he will never allow the church to sustain a lie. So when something is a clear and consistent teaching of the church, we have the Lord's word to Peter that that will be the truth that the church is never going to repeatedly teach something that uh, is wrong. It doesn't mean that every single thing that a pope says something on an interview somewhere and all of a sudden he's making an infallible statement, but that anything that is a clear and consistent teaching of the church, we have absolute assurance is the truth that God has revealed to us. And so the Lord tells us, just listen to that whether it is the teachings of the church or the calling of the Lord giving us in our own hearts, whatever it may be where we know maybe we need to be better and we have to do something differently. And sometimes we rebel a little bit. We decide to say no. I'm not talking about when we sin. You know, sometimes, yeah, we all commit sins and I don't think any of us sins because we want to sin. Usually we're just not strong enough. We're too weak to fight it or whatever the situation may be. I'm talking about when we are in persistent denial. Denial or defiance of either something the Lord is teaching us in the scriptures or through the church or something in our own lives that we clearly know from our own prayer he's telling us to do this and we say, no, I'm not going to do that. And sometimes it's because we're afraid. Maybe we're afraid of the ramifications of that. Other times it could be because in order to follow what the Lord is teaching us through the church, we have to change And for many people, that can be the hardest thing to do is to change their mind and say, okay, well, then I will see things differently. What ends up happening for a lot of people, we end up trying to manipulate God. And in our prayer and through the church, trying to uh, move things so that the church will ultimately teach what we want to hear. But when we do that, what are we doing? We're committing original sin all over again. I know better than the Pope. I know better than 2,000 years of church teaching. My mind can't be wrong. Obviously, the church must be wrong. And when we do that, are we not, in effect, ridiculing Jesus? No, Jesus, you don't know what's right. I do. Well, who came to save whom? The Lord Jesus came to save us. We're not here to save him. And so, whenever we come up with any of the issues that we find difficult... And this can be on both sides of the spectrum to talk using political terms, liberal or conservative. You know, on either side, we find people that are rejecting things that the Lord is teaching us through the church. And they, you know, it could be, for example, on the liberal side of people who are saying, oh, no, I reject the church's rejection of, of gay marriage. I see nothing wrong with it. Well, in effect, what we're saying, since that's been a clear and consistent teaching of the church for 2,000 years, we're basically saying, no, Jesus, you're wrong. I'm right, there's nothing wrong with it, and don't tell me it's wrong, Jesus. Don't tell me you've revealed that in the scriptures or anything else. I'm right, you're wrong, and Jesus, I want you to change that. And of course, that's not what we're called to do. And that is, in effect, ridiculing Jesus. We also get it on the other extreme. For example, with people who still you know, complain about communion in the hand, that they say it's a sacrilege. I can perfectly understand people who prefer to receive communion on the tongue, absolutely. And there are arguments out there that some people say we will restore respect for the Eucharist if we receive it again on the tongue. Fair enough. That's a legitimate argument. But when people start saying communion in the hand is a sacrilege, They forget that for the first 1,000 years, that's how the church distributed communion, by placing the host in the person's hand. So to say it's a sacrilege is to say that the church was in heresy for 1,000 years, and the Lord did not stop the church from persisting in a a lie, because for 1,000 years, the church was teaching something that was a lie. So on either end, disobedience by liberals and disobedience by conservatives is both disobedience, and they're both wrong. Our calling, my friends, is to remain faithful to Christ in everything and trust him totally and completely and make the changes in our life, whether it's changes of beliefs, changes of actions, changes of attitude, whatever it may be, whether it's to, go to agree with a teaching or to conform with what we know the Lord is telling us to do with our lives in our hearts, to trust in Christ totally and completely As you know, this is my last Sunday with you here as as pastor of St. Anne's. This time next week, I'll be introducing myself to the parishioners in my new assignment at St. Denis. And for those of you who have been with me from the beginning here for these past 13 years, you know that one of the things I have clearly and consistently tried to encourage people is to trust Jesus at all times. Give your hearts oblation to him. He has come to save us from sin. It was, it's the lies of original sin and the idea of, I can think for myself, I don't need anyone else telling me what to do, that causes sin to continue. And Jesus came to save us from that. And as we heard in our opening prayer, the Lord saying, you know, keep us not in the darkness of sin, but in the light of truth. Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, has taught us the truth. And the truth is what will set us free and make us happy. So many people are looking for happiness in the world and thinking that they'll get happiness by embracing all of these teachings that are contradictory to the gospel. And it never works. They never find the happiness. In fact, some of them, if you look at them, are really quite angry people. They're angry people do not know peace. No, the peace that we're looking for, the peace of mind, the peace of heart, the happiness, the joy, the contentment, that only comes from following Christ, from doing everything he tells us to do. For he's giving us his laws not to oppress us, not to hold us bound, but rather to share his power with us. For when we obey the laws of Christ, we are not allowing him to subject us, but we're allowing him to let us share in his power. He is freeing us, because sin enslaves. Christ frees. So if we want to be free, we want to be joyful, we give our hearts oblation to Christ, and we follow him, even if it means something difficult for us to change our minds, to change our practices, whatever it may be. Because ultimately, anything that contradicts that is a lie, and a lie enslaves, and a lie will never give us peace, and a lie will never lead us to salvation and a lie will never lead us to union with Christ, which is what we are here trying to do. And so my brothers and sisters, today let's all ask the Lord to help us to make whatever changes are necessary in our lives, whether it's changing our minds, changing beliefs, changing practices, submitting to what God is calling us to do in our hearts that we know he's saying, I need you to do this, I want you to do that, whatever it may be, and not say no to the Lord. Not say, no, the church has to change that teaching, or no, God, I won't do that. Because when we do that, in effect, we are ridiculing Jesus, just as the people did when he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. But when we give him our hearts oblation and say, Lord, you are everything. You are all truth. Help me to follow you and carry out everything you ask of me. Because I know in you is all truth, the truth that indeed will set me free. May Jesus Christ be praised now and forever. Friends, welcome to the Sunday sermon segment of We Need God. Please listen as Father Caroza offers his homily for today, which was recorded live in St. Anne's Parish.